Thank you, everybody, for being here. Really makes a difference when you come to church and you fellowship and you pray together and you have Bible study together. And uh, amen and amen. I appreciate you. Hallelujah. I mean, Tom Parashuk over here. I mean, look at this guy. Can you imagine going your day without seeing that guy? I mean, look at that beard. <laughs> Just kidding. That's awesome. Amen and amen. All right. Good. Psalm 139. Now, before we get to the scripture, sometimes, obviously, well, let me say it this way. When you're, uh, when you're a preacher, you say a lot of things in front of people. Now, usually that's good. But sometimes it ain't good. <laughs> sometimes you say something and you got to say, well, well whoops, um, said that wrong. I mean, you should hear the discussions after church on Sundays with my wife and I. And she says, she, no, she don't point it all out. But, uh, uh, but sometimes you say things that whether uh, they were wrong or whether they were just, maybe you just need to think about that a little bit more. Every once in a while I say something. And I'm going to tell you what, I said something on Sunday that I was bothered by. And I was bothered because the Holy Spirit convicted me of it. And when I said it, I went, ooh, you probably didn't see it, but I just, I just knew that I need to rethink that and I need to, I need to search the scriptures for that. And so what I happened to say, and maybe you caught it, maybe you didn't, but I said, uh, I was talking about salvation and I was talking about how, it, the, do you want to go to a godless hell for all eternity? Maybe you recall me saying that. And when I said that, the Holy Spirit just put a little trigger in the back of my head, just a little something, and said, maybe you should rethink that. Now, it sounds, it sounds okay, kind of, when you say that, but uh, not when you know the Scripture and what Psalm 139 says. So, I come to you tonight to confess my sin of saying the wrong thing, and it got, me, it got me interested in why that is wrong, and I started to dig and I started to study. All right? Will you forgive me for saying something wrong? Yeah. All right, all right, good. So now, so now let's study together and let's find out why that's wrong and, and what happens there. Okay, so let's look at Psalm 139. All right, One, Psalm 139. I'm sorry that my message tonight was... <clears throat> all triggered by me saying something wrong, but I believe this is of the Holy Spirit, okay? And so uh, I enjoyed this study, and uh, God taught me a lot through this. One, Psalm 139, look please with me at verse number 7. In verse 7, Psalm 139, 7 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in, where? Hell. Behold, thou art there. Interesting, isn't it? Now I said, do you, would you, would you want to go to a godless hell? But according to Psalm 139, that's not an accurate statement, is it? Because my Bible says right there in verse 8, If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. So that this that the Holy Spirit pricking my heart and, uh, and 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 that just being in my mind, I'm telling you, it was in my 
was in my heart uh, Sunday right afterwards, and then Monday, and then Tuesday, and I started studying it, and uh, started it a little bit yesterday, and God said, that's what you need. You need to figure this thing out. You need to know what you're talking about, and, and perhaps correct this. So, uh, so that's what I studied uh, even today yet. This word for hell in verse 8, okay, we have the English word hell. In the Hebrew, it's the word sheol, sheol. All right, S-H-E-O-L. Okay, perhaps you've seen that. Maybe you've studied this a little bit, but it is S-H-E-O-L. That's the word. That's the Hebrew word. And the, the Hebrew word Sheol means this. It means Hades or the world of the dead as, if, as a subterranean retreat, including its accessories and inmates. Okay, so we can understand that's what hell is. But... Sheol, and the reason I'm going to go through this study, because I want to understand, what does this mean? God is in hell? God is there? And I'm trying to understand that, right? I'm trying to realize what this means. This is deep tonight. Anybody bring their steak knife? The meat of the Word? We're going to get a little deep here tonight. We're going to use our Bible for a moment, because I like to feed on the meat of the Word. Okay, If you're a babe in Christ, you need the milk. But praise God, tonight, hopefully we got some Christians that are grown a little bit and get a little meat of the word tonight. So uh, let's do that together. The word Sheol is that Hebrew word used here for hell, and it is used 63 times in the Old Testament. 63. Now, almost half of those times, it is translated, Sheol is translated into English as hell. Almost half of the times, and I'm saying almost because you'll see where I'm going here in a minute. Almost half the time, it's translated hell. The, almost the other half of the time, it's translated as grave. The grave. And then a few times, it is translated into English as pit. P-I-T. Maybe, perhaps, you might remember in Numbers, when Korah came up against Moses. You remember that? The Bible says that Moses called him out. Right? Because he was, he was challenging the authority of Moses and the authority God had set up. And he called him out and Korah is trying to do priestly duties and all that. And trying to insert himself into the ministry here. And, God, and, and Moses called him out and God, basically they drew a line in the sand and said, Hey, whose side are you on? You on your own side? You on God's side, right? And Moses and all that. So what happened? The earth opened up and swallowed Korah, right? And those people, Right? And the Bible says they went down into the pit. That's the same word as here. This hell is Sheol. Right? So, uh, when Sheol is translated hell, translated pit, we can kind of understand that. We know what it was talking about. But sometimes it's translated grave. And it's easy for us in our English vocabulary to read it when it's translated in English as grave to, to possibly... Consider it to be something different, okay? And so what I mean is, if it's translated grave, I think jo uh, Jacob said that once about how Joseph was in the grave or, or, or he was, excuse me. Remember when Benjamin, remember they wanted to take Benjamin to Egypt? And he said, he said don't let him go because, uh, because if I lose him, I'm going to take these gray hairs down into the grave. And it's that same Hebrew word, okay? Uh, and so it's Sheol here. And we could argue, some people could argue and say, well, that's not, that's not talking about hell. That's talking about a tomb where you'd lay a body. 
But yet, as you study the word Sheol, you can see that it, Sheol is used when it's talking about where the wicked go. Sheol is used where it's talking about sorrow. Sheol is used when it's talking about people there in Sheol are fully conscious. Here, listen some, listen some uh, verses that I pulled out of the Old Testament here with that same word. Psalm 9 says this, The wicked shall be turned into hell, Sheol, and all the nations that forget God. 2 Samuel 22 says, The sorrows of hell, Sheol, come past me about, the snares of death prevented me. In Isaiah 14, talking about, many of you would know, Isaiah 14 talks about Lucifer. Right? And talking about him, it says this Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of, all, of the nations. All they shall speak and say unto thee, Are thou also become weak as we? Are thou become like unto us? That's not talking about a tomb. That's talking about hell. All right? So that's that same word. Ezekiel 32 says, The strong among the mighty shall speak to him out of the midst of hell with them that help him. Now one place, Jonah. Remember Jonah was in the belly of the whale, right? How many days? Three days and three nights, right? It's Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights as a picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the only sign you'll get is that sign of Jonah. And he says, just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale, so the, he said, the Son of Man will be in the earth that, like that, right? And Jonah says this, and, and, and verse 2 of chapter 2 says, And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou hurtst my voice. Jonah said that. Okay, so is the presence of God in hell? Well, it seems a little hard to say that, but when we acknowledge that God is omnipresent, we shouldn't be shocked at that, should we? But to say God's in hell is hard to comprehend. It's hard to really fathom that. But God is omnipresent. We say that. How do we know He's omnipresent? Right here, this scripture that we just read. Right? Let's, let's look at it again, and it keeps going. Psalm 139, verse 7. Look at this. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, verse 8, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. It keeps going. Verse 9. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the, the night shall be light unto me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the, as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Look at this, verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. God has been everywhere I've ever been. He's been everywhere that's ever existed because God is omnipresent. And that's one passage of Scripture to, to show that. Okay? So, 
what I said on Sunday, a godless hell, is not accurate. And please forgive your pastor for saying something that's not biblical. But I want, I want to teach you in this fashion as well. Now, would you go with me, please? Turn from here to go to Luke uh, 16, please. Luke 16. If you're a student of your Bible, and you probably know where I'm going here, this Luke 16 is a passage of Scripture when Jesus is talking about the rich man and Lazarus. Right? The rich man and Lazarus. And here he's talking about hell. And so I want you to look at this, please. Luke 16, it starts in verse 19. It starts in verse 19. Let's read it, be reminded of it, and then we'll study it for a moment, all right? Luke 16, verse 19. The Bible says here, There was a certain rich man which was clothed, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. Look at verse 22 now. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into where? Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented." And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. This is Jesus giving this account here, this story here. Now, some people would call this a parable. I do not call this a parable. The reason I do not call this a parable is because I find that when Jesus gives a parable, he never names names. It's always generalized, the father, the son. But here he names the name of Lazarus. Okay? So I don't call this a parable. I, I believe this actually took place. Okay? So as we look at this, Sheol, that, that word for hell in the Old Testament, is the same word as Hades in the Greek. Right? So Sheol in the Hebrew means the same thing as Hades in the Greek in the New Testament. And right here, when Jesus is speaking about hell in verse 22, uh, it said, no, excuse me, verse 23, and in hell, that is the word Hades. And Hades, again, means the same thing Sheol does. Okay, it's, a, it's the same word. Actually, when I, was reading, when I was reading Sheol, the definition of Sheol, it said Hades in its definition. And that is that Greek word for hell. That's not the only word that is used and translated hell, but it is the word that is used in this, in this passage. Okay? So, Pastor, where are you going with all this? As I was studying this, I started asking myself questions, and I'm starting to get a little confused about a couple of things, and I had to go digging and root all this out. If God is in hell, His presence is in hell, how does this all make sense? And did Jesus really die and go there? Or did he go to somewhere else? What are we talking about here? 
How does this make sense? So this is what my, um, my desire to not be confused digging in the scripture led me to, and I hope it's a help to you. Okay? So here in this passage, we have two parts of hell, yes? We have two parts. We have a part that's called Abraham's bosom, and then we have another part that's a part of torment. That's what we see in the passage. And again, you can read it again, but it's 22 and 23. We see that. In, in the place of torment, we're noticed in verse 24 that it says there's flames there. He said, I am tormented by this flame. But in Abraham's bosom, he says in verse 25 that Lazarus is comforted. There's, a, there's two different places here in, this, in hell that Jesus is talking about. One of them, Lazarus is comforted. And the other one, he's, uh, the rich man's in torment. What in the world? Are you saying that there's places in hell that you can like live it out and party up? People talk about that, don't they? Man, I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to party with my friends and it's all going to be good. No, they're mistaken. Okay? Let me help you now and try to teach you this here, all right, tonight from the Word of God. Oftentimes people might refer to Abraham's bosom as paradise. You've heard that probably. I've heard it. I've even said it. Okay? I looked up the word paradise and I found that paradise is only three times in the Bible. And two of those times is talking about directly where God is in, in heaven. Okay? Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians and he says, uh, he said, I was caught up into the third heaven and he calls it paradise. Paradise of God. And in Revelation, John talks about it and it's talking about where God is. Now, one time it's used, and it's probably the one you always think about, is when Jesus is on the cross talking to the thief and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. But often, remember now, it's easy to assume things, isn't it? And I've always assumed that's what he was talking about was Abraham's bosom. He might very well be talking about that. I'm just relaying some information here. Just talking through what I've studied today. But as we see that there's Abraham's bosom and hell, a place of torment. I, I think it's all called hell, but Abraham's bosom and a place of torment here. They're separated by a gulf. Did you see that in the scripture? There's a separation between the two. Verse number 26 says that. And beside all this, between us, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. Now, can they see each other? Yes, they can. Can they, can they talk to each other? Yes, they can. They recognized each other. Now, okay, where, where are you getting? You're confusing me, preacher. Okay, before Jesus died on the cross, David... Abraham, right? Jonah, we even talked about him, right? They couldn't go to heaven, could they? No, they couldn't go to heaven. Why? Because the blood wasn't shed. Jesus hadn't died on the cross. They couldn't enter into the presence of God because Jesus hadn't paid the sacrifice. There had to be, there had to be a place that they would go, and we see here there was a place that wasn't in torments. It was a place of comfort, Okay? So, what we talk about is Abraham's bosom was a temporary place to reserve those that had died but yet had faith that God would die on the cross, that Jesus would die 
They might not have known his name, but they knew from the scriptures that he would send the Savior to die, and they had faith. You remember in the Bible when it says Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Remember that? That's the same exact thing that you and I do when we get saved. We believe God. We ask Jesus to save us, and it's counted unto us for righteousness. God looks at us not as sinful people, but as white as snow because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? What they did in the Old Testament was they believed. And what we do in the New Testament is we believe. They were looking forward to the cross. We're looking back at the cross. Amen? Faith is what saves us. But grace through faith, obviously, God, I said this on Sunday, God supplied the gift with that grace. We received the gift by the faith. Grace through faith, okay? Okay, so that's what we're talking about. So, the question is, so we see there's, there's two different places here in hell. There's, a, there's the Abraham's bosom and there is the place of torment. Now, if I've confused you, I apologize. That place no longer exists. It was a temporary place. But I'll get there in a moment. Did Jesus die and go to Abraham's bosom? Or did he go to the place of torment? That's a real good question, isn't it? I started scratching my head when I started saying that. Because I read in, read in the scripture and I'm going, uh, Brother June, I was going, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But am I assuming that's the wrong thing? You know, and, and I don't know. Can you, can you envision me in my office going, and I'm flipping pages. I'm going, Lord, help me. Show me here. I'm trying to understand all this. I thought I knew what I knew. I thought I knew what I believed, but I'm trying to understand. Listen, we assume so much about Scripture, don't we? And it's not until we get in there and dig the truth out that we realize what God actually said and not what we think. I've told you this a hundred times already. But how many times as a kid you hear that it took Noah 120 years to build the ark? That's not Bible. It's not in there. Not once. He refers to 120 years in another spot, but not for building the ark. And I, was, I heard that so many times as a kid. And it wasn't until I was an adult digging into Scripture that I found that wasn't true. And it's amazing. So, let's go over, please, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. Follow with me now. Use our Bibles a little bit and let's find out what God has to say about all this. Ephesians chapter 4. Is that, where did Jesus go when he died? Okay. Now, it's 8 o'clock. Give me a few more minutes. Look at a few more passages of Scripture and then we can all go eat. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians 4. Look now, please, if you would, in verse 7. This is an important passage of Scripture. This clarifies things. When we don't understand something in the Bible, use other Scripture to define it. Amen? God doesn't contradict His Word. If He says this over here, then it helps us to define this over here because this is a more explanation. He doesn't contradict Himself. Alright, so let's look at here. Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 7. The last word of 7 is Christ, so that's who we're talking about. Look at verse 8. Wherefore he saith, this is Ephesians 4, 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, 
He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Okay, let's talk about that. Jesus Christ descended into the lower parts of the earth. Did it not say that? I believe that's where hell is. It makes the most sense. And the Bible says he, lo- he was descended in the lower parts of the earth. So I looked up the word lower in the Greek. And uh, let me find it here. Lower means inferior locally of Hades. That's in the definition. I was like, well, oh, man, I just assumed. But there the definition is saying it's Hades. Okay? So he descended into the lower parts of the earth. What's this thing about, uh, Brother Jake, what's this thing about taking captives, captivity captives and all that? Well, let's be reminded of something. All these people in the Old Testament died and they had to be held somewhere, right? There's another passage of Scripture that calls it prison. Interesting. Peter actually does that. Maybe we'll go there in a minute. 1 Peter chapter 3 calls it prison. He said Jesus went down and preached to the saints, or excuse me, to the, to the spirits in prison. Okay? So he had to take these Old Testament folks that had believed in Christ to come, that had died in, with the righteousness that God gave them, their faith had given them righteousness of God, and put them in this place, this temporary place called Abraham's bosom, and he had to go deliver them unto the presence of God after he died on the cross. Yes? And that, that what we're saying here? That's what we're saying. He led captivity, the people that are in prison, captive and took them unto heaven. If you remember, there was a time where Jesus was physically uh, arisen from the earth and Mary Magdalene came to him. Remember that? And he said, don't touch me. I haven't yet ascended under my father. You remember that? That's Bible. It's like he stopped on the way up just to say, hey, Mary, how's it going? (laughs) I don't know why he did that, but he said, I haven't yet ascended. Okay? All right, now, here's here's our question. Again, did Jesus go to Abraham's bosom, or did he go to the place of torment? Look at verse number 10 again. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. What's it say now? That he might fill all things. Jesus Christ has been to hell. Right there it says it, that he might fill all things. Now doesn't it make a whole lot of sense that when Jesus Christ paid for my sin, that he paid it not just physically but spiritually? Doesn't that make a lot of sense? That makes a whole lot of sense to me. But my Bible just says that he might fill all things. I thought that I was kind of assuming that. And then God showed me that today. That he might fill all things. Okay. So did, did Jesus, here's another question. Did Jesus take the thief on the cross that said, Lord, remember me when thou enterest thy kingdom? Did he take that thief to Abraham's bosom? Did he stop off in Abraham's bosom and did he jump the gulf and go over into the, into the place of torment? He doesn't describe all those things. But I know that he was in both places. 
Because the Bible says that he might fill all things. And I'm about to show you another spot here where I know that he was in Abraham's bosom as well. Okay? So, did he take the thief down there? It's possible he could have died. And God is God. He can do whatever he wants. Amen? We know he's everywhere all the same time. We understand that. Praise God, when you pray to the Lord tomorrow in the morning in your house, he's there. And when I pray to him in, in my house and in on my way to work, he's there. He's in the truck with me. Praise God. Amen? Amen. He's, he's here tonight. And praise God, he's in China tonight. Praise the Lord for that. He's in Haiti tonight with those people. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we know this. We believe this. Let's, let's acknowledge it here as we look at these things. All right, so let's, let's leave here now and let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3 and see this now and then we'll finish up. 1 Peter chapter 3, please. I get ahead of myself and I start preaching things before I, before I mean to. So I already said half of it, but that's all right. We'll just touch on it so you see it and I see it and we're all good. We know he's been in Hades, but what is he doing? Has he, has he been in Abraham's bosom or did he die and just go in? Or, you know, where did he do here? If we look at 1, Corinthians, 1 Peter chapter 3 and look at verse 18, please. 1 Peter three eighteen. Look at the Bible says. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, suffered for sins, that's interesting, that just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. It's using a picture of Noah's ark here. Okay, was, let me help, let, let, answer this question. Was Noah's ark a temporary place? Yes, it was. It was meant to save a small group of people for a specific time that trusted God. Yes? The, the ark was a temporary place. I believe what he's doing here is he's using Noah's ark as a picture of Abraham's bosom. It was a temporary place for a group of people that believed God that would be delivered. Okay? He preached to them in prison. That's what the Bible says right there. So if Jesus was in Abraham's bosom and preached to him, but I also know that he was in the place of torment, did he just go on down and say, here, here's the thief, and then he jumped the golf, and he was over here, and then he came back and he preached at him, you know? It's like Jake, you know, Jake Kidwell over here, like, bless God, amen, hallelujah, we're going to heaven, woo! And then he says, here, you ready? Beat me up, Scotty. <laughs> Whatever he did, right? We're having a little fun tonight, but come on, you got to visualize it. This really happened. Wouldn't that be cool? You just beep, beep, beat me up, Scotty. All right, anyways, moving on. Okay, um, but listen, listen. So it was a temporary place. It was similar to Noah's Ark. Okay, but here I'll give you this and then we'll be done. The Bible says in Isaiah, Isaiah 5, therefore hell hath enlarged herself. Therefore hell hath enlarged herself. In other words, the place that the wicked dead go 
has expanded. Okay? Now, the Bible does not say this. I'm giving you my opinion based on the Scripture that I know. You with me now? I'm giving you my opinion here. You can ball it up and throw it away if you want to. But my opinion, when I read the Scripture and what I've studied here, I'm seeing that where Abraham's bosom once was, a temporary place, Jesus died on the cross, paid for their sin, went down, got them, and took them on to heaven with God, that now that place is no longer needed, and hell hath enlarged itself and took over the, took over the space for it. With me? That's my opinion based off what I've seen in the Scripture. The Bible doesn't say that exact thing, but it does say that hell hath enlarged itself. So when I read that, I believe that that's what took place. That's what I believe. Okay? So, <coughs> excuse me. Let's, it's easy when we're talking about this to get way off base on this thing. Let's just clear this up real quick because some people think this way. What about purgatory? Because it sounds like Abraham's bosom might be a picture of purgatory. You go to hell for a little time and then you get out. No, 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 no. That was not, uh, this Abraham's bosom was not a place of paying for sin. It was a place of comfort. We saw that in, in Luke 16. It was specific for a time, God knowing what he would do on the cross. Purgatory is nowhere found in, Bible, in the Bible. And when you say, what is purgatory? Some people believe that, again, you go to hell for a time, pay for a certain amount of sins, and then you get out. That is not Bible, not at all. Not, not any inkling of that is Bible. That is a false doctrine of false religions that are preached even today in the United States. And it's wrong. Woo! The Lord answered that and He wants me to be done. Okay. All right. Amen. Let's finish up. Okay. So what did I give you tonight? I gave you a Bible and a little bit of my opinion based on Bible. You can throw the opinion out as long as you keep the Bible. You with me? What I saw was Jesus has been in hell. He has been in Abraham's bosom. I see that hell hath enlarged itself. What do I believe by all that? I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and he paid for my sin in hell. It makes sense that my Savior paid the price physically and spiritually for my sin. That's what I believe. There's a lot of people that disagree with that. That's okay. That's their right. But that's my opinion. I know that he delivered those people in Abraham's bosom to the Father. And the Bible says that hell hath enlarged itself. That's a study that I had answered a lot of questions for me as I was beginning to doubt what I thought I believed. And God answered it and gave me just confirmation of what it was as I looked in the scripture. I know this because it says he hath, in, he hath filled all things. He hath filled all things. Praise God for it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the study tonight. Thank you for the, the, the people being here tonight, Lord, the church people, our family tonight. God, studying the word together. Thank you for what you've shown me. Thank you for what you've showed us. And I pray that we'd be students of the word. May, Lord, uh, I know that, God, this study tonight doesn't keep one person out of hell and, and this and that and the Lord, but it, it sure helps us to know the word and know what we're talking about. And Lord, the Bible says for us to, to know these things and to study them. And Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help us 
to be students of the word. Thank you for this study. Thank you for everybody that's here. Bless us now. And uh, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, I love you.